symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Fred Hayes with a big, big interview with the world heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan. Standing next to me, the world heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan. Hulk, this will undoubtedly be your toughest title defense yet. It's rumored that you're not exactly 100% fit, and it's also said that Bundy may have a psychological edge against you, having put you in hospital once before. Now, this is a steel cage. How do you feel? Well, you know something awful, Alfred. There's a lot of rumors going around, man, that the Hulkster's all busted up and laid up. So what? This is for the world's heavyweight title. We've been living this Hulkamania thing one day at a time. And now that we've got so many believers, so many new generations to follow, it's going to live forever. So awful Alfred Hayes, even if I had to crawl to the ring with one good arm, brother, I'd still climb in that cage, man. I'd still stand behind this world title like a man. And as far as that long, slow, rolling ride in that coffin, so-called ambulance, I've been thinking about it night and day, brother. I've been thinking about the animosity, the way I feel, the aggressiveness. And when I step in that cage with the whole world watching, man, WrestleMania 2, Hulkamania running wild around the world, I kind of feel sorry for King Kong Bundy. I'm going to take all those feelings of him, slap those feelings around, take away his pride, man, and put the pride back in the world title because I'm climbing out of that cage. I'm going to win that match, and all I can hope for is Bobby the Weasel Heenan. Please stick your nose in my business. Man. Hey now, hey now, and welcome to the very first 24-inch podcast. My name is Steve Bennett. I am coming to you live from Buffalo, New York, and with me tonight is my co-host from New Jersey, Hollywood, Dave Rollins. What's up, Dave? Hold on, brother. I'm from the member of the fabulous Carney, New Jersey. Carney, but uh, Carney, New Jersey. But remember, a lot of people know Carney, New Jersey, for one thing, and that's soccer, Soccer Town, USA. But I'm going to change that right here on a 24-inch podcast. I'm now going to proclaim Carney as Soprano Town, USA, home of Satriel's Meat Market and a lot of other scenes as well. Satriel is a beautiful place. They had that accident though. That guy was driving around like a maniac. Yeah, that guy, uh, yeah, was like, what an asshole. Yeah, that guy was an asshole. But welcome to the 24-inch podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, man. It's a long time coming. I'm so excited. I just got back from the gym. I feel like I'm so ready to get into podcasting. I feel like I could body slam Conrad Thompson. <laughs> here's, what, here's what we are. We are a Hulk Hogan podcast, and this is how it happened. Uh, a couple months ago, uh, when we were, say, like September, October of 2020, I was thinking that when the calendar flipped to 2021, I wanted to add a new podcast. I'm already the host of a podcast called The Sportscasters. I'll tell you about that more in a minute. I'm also the host of a side project called the Adams Division Podcast. I'll tell you more about that later too. But I wanted to add something a little bit more consistent than Adams Division is. 
but not quite as consistent as Sportscasters is. That could be a side project. And I wanted to focus on wrestling. And I thought of a few different topics. WrestleMania match of the month or a couple different things. But the only thing that really stuck out in my head is what I would really want to do was a Hulk Hogan podcast. And when I was thinking this, I had someone in mind to do it with me. And that was Dave. Fast forward a little bit. Fast forward a little bit. And one night, Dave and I are talking. We have never met in person, but for the last couple of years, we've known each other on the internet, you know, common interests, common friends. You see a post, you comment. David heard a couple of my podcasts. He sent some emails Calvin, in. Calvin. Uh, yeah. Though. Calvin Crowell. Shout out to him. We, he was a mutual friend. So whatever. And the, our friendship had been building over the last little while. And we were talking about podcasts once. And Dave should be in podcasting. He isn't. He's the biggest Hulk Hogan fan I know. I had this idea, and within twenty two kind within twenty four hours, it kind of came together. Is that how you remember it, Dave? That's how I remember it, man. And it wasn't just like a you know twelve beer conversation. There's something that we stayed on and continued the conversation the next day, and the day after that, and the day after that. And I couldn't thank you enough for thinking of me and having me to be all you know. We're joking around here already a lot, but in all seriousness, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And it's something I always really wanted to do. But of course, the technology part. You know, we've talked about that a little bit. You know, we're going to have to work on that with me. But I think just like the great John Cena says, never give up. Here's what the podcast is going to be. I I wrote a thesis for it. It said each episode of the podcast is going to focus on a feud, a match, or event related to Hulk Hogan's run from 84 to 93. As we've talked, we've said, yeah, that's kind of going to be the focus that era. But we might also want to do a WCW show once in a while. We might want to go back to... 82 in the uh, AWA. We might want to do Hogan's first run uh, in as a heel with Freddie Blass. You might want to do something there. Probably not TNA, but maybe. So while 84 and 93 is the focus, every once in a while we might break that rule. There's going to be three types of episodes. Our regular episodes are going to be the non-pay-per-view, non-Saturday night's main event matches or feuds, where we break down, say, a house show feud, like 85 Morocco. You remember that one, Dave? I remember it well. April, May, and June at the Garden. So MSG maybe, Network. Yeah, so that would be maybe a feud that we might uh, we might break down. Something that wasn't part of a pay-per-view or a big Saturday Night's main event blow-off. Those would be our special episodes, either multi-part or much longer, supersized type podcast. We're going to start with one of those tonight, by the way. Uh, we're going to start with the King Kong Bundy. Uh, feud from 1986, which culminated, of course, with their steel cage match at WrestleMania 2. What the world has come to. Every once in a while, we'll do an interview. Uh, we'll get someone from wrestling or from pop culture or from the media who will come in and talk to us about Hulk Hogan. We'll do those once in a while, once a quarter maybe. Uh, we plan to do these bi-weekly, and this is important. We will rate matches, Hulk Hogan matches, but I want everyone to know our five st- our scale. Well, we got to say this every week, just yeah. In case somebody's listening for the first time on a different, not at all, you know, different week, not this very first pilot. Right. That five star scale is relative to Hogan matches. So the yeah, best Hogan to- match, the best few Hogan matches would be the five stars. The worst Hogan matches would be the duds. You know, like I don't know, I can't think of one off the top of my head. It's gonna but, be hard for me to do that. But right. I mean, um, let's say maybe a one star one off the top of my head. Uh, God, as you started getting a little, 
you know, toward 91-ish, maybe some of the stuff with, I think he has a match with Typhoon on Coliseum video. A couple of, you know, a couple of things like that. He started slowing down a bit there uh, towards the end or not putting in the effort. But the point uh, that, being, that, yeah. Yeah, the point being is that it's all relative to Hulk Hogan matches. We're not considering 89 Steamboat versus Flair uh, when we're making this. Making or Dave Meltzer, uh, Japanese, yeah, no, you know, we're not acrobatic. Making, we're not making those kind of judgments. So we're excited to do this. Uh, and in a minute, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about we're going to start building up towards that Bundy match. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about the podcast and a little bit about the hosts. So, of course, we kind of broke it down. We laid down what the podcast is going to be. Uh, I'm glad you're giving it a shot. Glad you're listening to it today. 24-inch podcast is the name that we settled on. We had about six, seven, eight, nine uh, names in contention. We always felt like 24-inch was the name, but there's a, a little, people, little bit of a, a yeah, brick tell, in the wall. Yeah. Well, the the name kind of could be a dick joke, but I just want to let everybody know Steve looked up on, I don't know what if he went on, Pornhub.com, or I don't even know what, what he went on, but the 13-and-a-half is the biggest size penis in the in the world, so I think we're I think we're good to go. Yeah, nobody's making a joke saying their dick is twenty four inches. I'm no, not... you can't make you can't make that joke. If that's true, it wouldn't be no joke. Yeah, <laughs> it would uh, be a serious matter. Everyone knows nobody's dick is twenty four inches. Then there was the issue of Hulk when the Gawker trial. He kind of had this thing where he was saying, you know, Hulk Hogan has a certain penis and Terry Boella has another penis, but forget all that penis crazy shit. Crazy kayfabe, brother. That's yeah, crazy stuff. The name of the podcast is 24-Inch Podcast. We're excited about it. I became a wrestling fan uh, way back in 1986, right around the time of the show we're doing today. The first thing I ever remember seeing was a Cindy hosted by Mean Gene where he was talking about the attack of Hulk Hogan on Saturday Night's Main Event in Phoenix. We'll touch on that again today, too. That's where I remember kind of jumping in. I was all in when I started. I was a huge fan. I've been at some big events. I was at WrestleMania 6. I was at Survivor Series Deadly Game. I was at the uh, TV taping where Steamboat lost the belt to the Honky Tonk Man. I cried for 45 minutes. Impressive. Uh, I went to a bunch of ECW shows in Buffalo, including a November to Remember pay-per-view that was here. But for the most part, I was pretty loyal to my territory. Uh, I was a WWF guy through and through. Uh, I did watch a little bit of WCW uh, back in the JCP days when it was on TBS. The 605 show, that kind of thing, just because I love wrestling. Uh, but for the most part, I was all in uh, on WWF. And my favorite wrestler uh, was Steamboat or Hogan. Those were my guys. You know, those were my main guys. I wasn't a warrior guy. I hated warrior, especially after he beat Hogan at WrestleMania 6. Oh, God. Yeah, but it. I was just a huge Hogan guy. Uh, I mentioned that TV taping in Buffalo in 87. Within an hour, Hogan lost Who Ho uh, and within an hour, Steamboat lost the belt, and someone spit green shit all over Hogan's face. Killer Khan. And yeah, I saw so that my first – we're going to get into mine in a second. Yeah. It's funny you said that. My first ever live match was Hulk versus Killer Khan in the Meadowlands. Yeah, I'm also a podcaster. I have a podcast called The Sportscasters. I started it in 2011. And um, in 2014, Sports Illustrated named it one of the best sports podcasts of the year. Uh, it's the only independent podcast they've ever recognized like that. Uh, and uh, I got a family. I got a daughter. She's going to be in and out all the time. Mrs. Wonderful, as Dave calls her. Mrs. Wonderful. Yeah. Paula Mania, running wild. Yeah, Paula. She'll be popping in and out of this all the time, I'm sure. Uh, and that's basically my story. What do you got, Dave? 
Oh my God! Now this this could be a uh, ten plus drink story. So we're gonna try to do a little condensed version here. I don't want to bend everybody's ears too long here, brother. But um, God, well, my grandmother and my dad's mother, uh, they were big wrestling fans. We go back into the fifties with Dr. Jerry Graham and his brother Eddie and all that kind of stuff. So wrestling always played a part in, into my family. And I think my dad tried to get me to watch it around eighty four when I was four, a little bit more in eighty five. So I knew who the guys were. I knew Hulk Hogan. I knew Jimmy Snuka. I had the Hulkster uh, LJN in 85, but it wasn't until the feud with Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in 1986 when Orndorff turned that something hooked me. I think my grandmother used to put on, I guess it was um, the original version of Superstars of Wrestling was on late night on WOR9 here, later morphed into Wrestling Spotlight. And uh, just that feud, something about uh, Orndorff turned on Hulkster. And then when I started, finally figured out well, what time it's on, 10 in the morning, whatever, on Saturdays. And then at that time, they, they changed the shows over from All-Star Wrestling to Challenge. A lot of you guys already know this. To, from uh, Championship Wrestling to Superstars of Wrestling. And they lit the arenas up real light. And I think that's what really took me in. And I started, I was only six years old, but I started recording the shows every week. And then it was just on the highway from there, brother, no looking back. And um been to countless, countless shows at the Meadowlands, all the pay-per-views they did there. Uh, SummerSlam 91 at the Garden, bunch of ECW shows, some of the Lost Battalion Hall, believe it or not. Jumping over to WCW, I was at Starcade 97. Me and my friend took a train over there for uh, that, that uh, mess of a show. And um, do we? Uh, not that I advise anyone to do this, I think it's very dumb. But um, we did a, we had a backyard, it wasn't backyard wrestling then, but we did it like basements and different things in high school. And it, it got over very well that we uh, sold out a gymnasium in 1998. And uh, hence, not just because of my good looks now, that's where the Hollywood name came from. I was uh, the leader of the NWO. And here I am with you now, Steve, doing a whole Colgan podcast. Who would have thought? I'm really fired up. We're really fired up. Here's what we're going to do today. In a second, we're going to take a break. We're going to do some plugs, talk about some other shows that you can find us on, talk about some of our friends. Then we're going to come back and we're going to get started. What we're going to do is we're going to break down the background. How did we get here? Quickly for today, because we're starting out, we're going to give you a little bit of Hogan's story as he became champion. Uh, that's real quick, though. Then we're going to talk about the build. What was going on in the WWF in 86? What happened in Phoenix? Uh, we're going to talk about the promos and the vignettes post-Phoenix, but pre-WrestleMania. Then we'll take another break. Then we're going to talk about WrestleMania 2. We'll talk about the events, the celebrities, the card. And then we'll talk about the match, Hulk and Bundy. Uh, and then we'll take last break. We'll come back. We'll recap it. And we'll tell you what we're going to do on the official episode number one. Because, of course, this is the pilot. But that's the plan for now. Sound good to you, Dave? Sounds great, brother. Whatever you say. All right. With all that said, let's take our first break. We'll be right back on the other side, and we're going to start building up to WrestleMania 2, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy. Here we go. Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out Steve's other podcast, The Sportscasters. It's at soundcloud.com slash sports-casters. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sports underscore casters. 
Follow Hollywood Dave Rollins on Twitter at H-D-R-O-W-L-A-N-D-S. Don't forget about Greetings from Allentown with Peter Winston. It's one hour of wrestling TV from the last 40 years. Also on that feed, Greetings from Allentown Live starring the great Keithy and also the Adams Division podcast starring Steve and Peter Winston. Welcome back to the very first episode of the 24-inch podcast. My name is Steve Bennett. My buddy Dave. Hollywood Dave here. Yeah, Hollywood Dave is in the building as well, and it is time to get into it. Uh, it is going to be uh, WrestleMania two, the match on April 7th, 1986. Uh, three different venues, of course, but in L.A. on top was Hogan versus Bundy. Before we can get there, we got to back it way up, way up. Uh, and for purposes of this podcast, we're going to back up to 84. Uh, so 84, uh, going into 84, the company had been in the hands of Bob Backlund. Uh, he was the champ, kind of a boring champ. I don't know what you think of Backlund. I like his heel. Howdy doody. Howdy doody's all right. I like his heel work a lot better than he did with Brett and stuff like that when he came back. Tremendous. What was that 95, I, I want to say? 94. 90, July 94. Okay. Tremendous. Nin- yep, 94. I like that better. Uh, but he had been champ for a long time, and he ended up dropping the belt to Iron Sheik. Uh, and Iron Sheik is what they call a transitional champion uh, because Vince McMahon has decided to give the belt, to give the top of the card to Hulk Hogan. Uh, he wins the belt in January of 1984 uh, at Madison Square Garden, and Hulkamania is born. Uh, of course, uh, the company uh, builds itself up from being a regional territory uh, to being a national promotion. And Hulk Hogan is really the driving force of that uh, in terms of talent. And of course, Vince is the driving force. His man is the driving force in terms of business. And together, they kind of take over the wrestling world. Uh, WrestleMania one happens in 1985. Uh, And all the money, all the money was on the line. Yeah. Again, this is going to be an ongoing thing for a while now. Yeah. That's the legend. Of course, that Vince had everything riding on uh, WrestleMania 1, and it was a huge success. And we're going to do a huge show on that main event, of course. Uh, one of these days, we'll get to that one. Uh, and then, you know, Hogan settles in as champ, and uh, the the company builds and builds, and as the calendar switches over to 1986, it's time to get ready for WrestleMania 2, and that's what we're Oh, getting. no, I'm sorry, 86, you did 85. My apologies. Yeah, as the calendar flipped over to 86, WrestleMania 2 begins, and that's where our story for tonight starts before we get to that though, Dave, anything you want to mention kind of about the first year and a half in a very general kind of sense, the way I just did it, anything else context wise you want to add about Hulk or the business or anything like that? Well, sure. Well, kind of the way they were using Hulk at the beginning, the first year, and maybe even, even into almost our time where he really didn't have um, these huge feuds. He would just do the house show feuds with the circuit with a couple of different, more than a couple of different guys. But yet, didn't have your like strong feud like Sergeant Slaughter, Iron Sheik, Andre the Giant, Big John Studd. No TV feuds really, too much for the Hulkster. So they kind of kept him on the back burner just as that like old Bruno Backlund fighting champion, you know, doing two shots here with the same guy at the Garden, three shots here at the Boston Garden, like those kind of deals. You could say Piper he feuded with, but uh, on paper, there's not too many um, noted Piper Hogan one-on-one matches in the WWF. There's about a dozen, but I mean, I think, to say that that's a feud. I think what you're getting to, Dave, 
And I think a big reason for that is the way the business was in 84, 85, 86, even 87, and, and beyond even. The company was very much used TV as a way to sell seats in house shows. And they, they kept Hogan off TV uh, in terms of wrestling for the most part, unless it's maybe like sweeps or something like that, to drive business into the house shows. And I think that's why, you know, at this point, his feuds were mostly on house shows uh, because that's where they made their money at the time. You know, some, I think that's one of the biggest problems with wrestling in the past 20 years that it's not like that anymore. Right. And I, too much know, overkill. You know, something like a billion dollar deal for SmackDown, you know, even in 1986 money, that was unheard of. You know, rights fees like that for TV. There was markets that the WWF would pay to be on. Uh, TV in that market. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So it was uh, very much where they made their money in the house shows. And I think that's why it was what you were kind of alluding to. But in 1986, as the calendar flips to 86, uh, Tito Santana, I believe, is still the Intercontinental Champion at the beginning of the year. And then he trans- what a What a great wrestler and all-around person, Tito Santana. I know yep. him personally. If you happen to be listening... Senor Solis Arriba. Yeah, and we'll talk more about <laughs> Tito, I'm sure, yeah. over the months and years. Uh, he's going to lose that belt in the Boston Garden to Randy Savage. He's going to start a long 400-plus day intercontinental title reign. Uh, the dream team are the tag team champions. Uh, the women's division has faded out quite a bit. I think, technically, I think Mula is the champion, right? Yeah, yeah she is. Yeah. I, I just did a rewatch. <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania but... Too. But 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 that's used, you know, much less than even '85, where the division. Yeah, after was, the spider, the spider lady stuff. Yeah. Uh, November '85, it kind of went down the drain. Yeah, I, when we get to WrestleMania one, that division's on fire, but it's not Huge. like that here in '86. Uh, and of course, Hulk Hogan is the champion. He's been the champion uh, since January of 1984, as we mentioned. So, how are they going to set up the pay per view? Here's what they do, and it's kind of slick. And I really liked this, Dave. So, Hogan is scheduled to wrestle uh, Don Morocco on Saturday night's main event. And we can talk about Saturday night's main event for a second, too. Uh, Saturday night's main event was on NBC. Uh, It was the brainchild of Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol. It was the first time that wrestling was back on network TV since, like, the 50s. The 50s, absolutely. And this would air instead of Saturday Night's Main Event, excuse me, Saturday Night 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 Live in that 11.30 to 1 a.m. slot. And these things were huge. When they were slated to have a rerun. I I could break down, if you want me to, the whole where they settled into each week, I mean, each time of the month where there would be a Saturday Night's Main Event. It would be early October, Thanksgiving weekend, New Year's weekend. There would be one in March. Then one in like April-ish after WrestleMania, repeat cycle in the fall. Right. So this is the fifth. This is the fifth time uh, that Saturday Night's main event had been on the air. It's February fifteenth, nineteen eighty-six, uh, is when it took place. It actually aired on March first, nineteen eighty-six. So they would pre-tape these. This is about a two-week lag. And Dave's, two-week lag. Yeah, and Dave's going to talk about how they kind of messed that up a little bit too. Uh, yeah, more, a little more than kind of. Yeah, but um. Uh, this took place, like I said, in Phoenix at the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And Hulk Hogan is scheduled to fight the Magnificent Morocco, um, who, of course, at this time is managed by Mr. Fuji. And, the devious one. Yeah, right around this time is where they're doing the, the, the Vice stuff. 
um, the comedy because, sketches. Yeah, it's kind of strange because it's, it's like I mean, he did come off a of blood feud with Steamboat where he was a nasty heel, obviously. But then you're making him kind of like a comedy heel. And now he's he's Bundy's assailant there instead of Stud. And Stud was out of town. So here, here's what they do. They say that Slick or excuse me, Fuji is sick. And Fuji can't. <laughs> and what a shot that is when Hilarious. they show him there with the water oh. bottle, hot water bottle on. And, and Hilarious. Man, can't like, make this stuff up. Oh, so funny. Fuji's <laughs> sick, so he needs Bobby Heenan to be in his corner. And obviously that's a setup. And I want to cut you off for one second, Steve-O. Yeah. The place to be guys, our friends over there, they just did the June of 1991 uh, Madison Square Garden house show, and it was the opposite. Mr. Fuji filled in for Bobby the Brain Heenan. But a match with the Barbarian and Bret Hart, but things didn't go as well for them that night. See what a business relationship those two had. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I think it ended though that night in 1991. Who Heenan and Fuji years long um, business partnership, which is taken advantage of. Let's go through. <laughs> let's go through a little bit of what happened on that Saturday Night's Main event show outside of Hogan, which is the third match, and then we'll circle back. Uh, the very first match was Mr. T defeated Bob Orton in a boxing match. Uh, this is served to set up the eventual match that Mr. T has with Roddy Piper. Uh, T wins the boxing match, but of course it ends with him being whipped by Piper's belt. Uh, anything you want to add about the boxing match and as they build towards T and Piper, which we'll talk about more later as well? I, I sure do. Um, it, it was it was short enough. It was fun. I, I like it. And uh, King Kong Bundy told a funny story in a shoot interview how uh, he's sitting in the back getting ready to go out for his match. And, they, you know, after the boxing match and the angle was shot, they bring Mr. T back and he's on the ground. They're giving him oxygen and everything. He's all out of gas. And Bundy's thinking to himself, oh, my God, this, you know, Mr. T's a, a tough man. Like, what was Cowboy Bob Orton? He has children. When he comes back here, they're going to be wheeling him in, wheeling him in on a gurney. Next thing you know, Bundy looks up from lacing up his boots and he sees Cowboy Bob Orton, Bob Orton smoking a cigarette reading the Daily News. <laughs> yep, just strolling in like it was nothing. That's it. When you work every night. I Never underestimate a pro wrestler. Yeah, I love that story. Uh, and, of course, Mr. T at this time is, is is hot, but not as hot, of course, as he was the year before. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, just like anything else, you know, some things start to, you know, A-team's ratings, I guess. Are, you're a big fan, I understand. Of yeah, I've been, a, I've been a hardcore A-team fan literally since 1983. Um, <laughs> I've seen every episode. I don't watch episode or season five much. Cause it's shit, but the first four. And which one? Which one? What year was that? Cause I'm not that big of a fan. Uh, it's the last season. Episode five is the, the last season. The eighty-seven so, in eighty-seven, yeah. And um, the, the the show lost, which was it tried to be more serious. And what made it great was kind of the cartoonish nature of it. My, I've seen the Hulkster ones naturally. Yeah. The, so now those aired right around this time. Uh, and those November were, uh, November eighty-five and January eighty-six. Right, and those were part of season four of the A Team. So by the time you get to four, it's not the show that it was in March of 85, season three, which is almost the apex. It's kind of at the decline. So Mr. T wasn't as big of a star. It's further away from um, Rocky three, of course, which was before the A-team. Uh, but they're going to give him another go. He's going to wrestle Piper. They set that up there. The second, no, I think it go, I, I'm sorry. I think it goes fine, but when they try to bring him back even one more time in '87, the star, the star had faded. Yeah, '87. But uh, I think we're okay here still. Yeah. All right. Number two, uh, King Kong Bundy with Heenan, of course, not sick, feeling well, <laughs> uh, defeats the despicable Steve Gatorwolf 
in what a despicable seconds. piece of garbage. Yeah, a horrible human, a molester, just a real garbage, garbage d bag. Besides getting into all that, um, if you want to get into it, he was no, he's caught shit. with un- yeah, he's yeah, shit. piece of yeah. shit. But he tried in his debut, apparently, I guess on on TV tapings of Poughkeepsie. You know, they told him to go out and beat the job, or you're our new Indian, you're our new Chief J. Strongbow, because they were doing, you know, Corporal Kirshner's the new Sarge, and C. Viafi was going to be the new Jimmy Snooker. They kept trying to rehash things. You can't do Danny that. Spivey. With, Steve, with Barry Windham, yep. exactly. This guy, if you know when they say that old term, you had one job? He had one job, and it was to do the Indian war dance after the three count. He just got up, pinned his opponent, and walked out of the fucking ring, <laughs> walked in the back. You had one job, and, and his job was he became the jobber after that incident. So there, there, there's that's all he'll. That's the last we'll ever speak of him again, I believe, on here. Yep, he takes the job, never to be thought of again. Then the match three is Hogan, but we're gonna skip that. We'll come back to it. Uh, the dream team: Brutus Beefcake with Greg Valentine and Greg Valentine, of course, with Johnny Valiant. Uh, they're the champions. Uh, they had defeated the um, team, the, the 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 U.S. Express. Uh, for those titles. In Philly, yep. Yep, and uh, they're defending champions. They're beating the Bulldogs here on this night. Uh, kind of a screwy finish. They beat Davy Boy and Dynamite with Captain Lou. Uh, it wasn't but, a nightmare, though. It was no, more of a regular dream. A, f- a fair fair dream. And and kind of the idea, the, the build here, is that the Bulldogs are winning non-title matches. Then when the title's up, they're finding a way to screw them. It's actually a really good build for a tag team feud. And we'll get to more of that later. And, then the show- and nobody, when the Bulldogs had the belts and on TV 86, they lost a lot of non-title matches. Yeah. Almost to everybody. Yeah. I didn't like that. After a while, it's kind of like, all right, already. You know what I mean? Agreed. Just my two cents there. I agree with you. And then, of course, the last match of the night is Junkyard Dog defeats Adrian Adonis uh, with Jimmy Hart. The adorable one. One of my all-time favorites. And this serves as part of the feud. Uh for I'm not sure. <laughs> this <laughs> I'm not really sure why they they did this one. KYD and Adonis. I think it was just a match. Just a match. They work. Yep. They went around the horn a lot together. But yep. No no real feud. Nothing that's gonna come back up later. Uh, no. Like I said, there's there's twelve thousand in the arena that night. They didn't come for JYD and Adrian. No. They came for Hogan, which they did most nights, and he wrestled Morocco here. We mentioned the setup. Um. Heen is, is at ringside instead of Fuji. Why is Heen in there? Because at the end of the match, uh, they're gonna they're gonna ambush Hogan here, and that's exactly what they do. Uh, they they grab him by the arms. They they you know Bundy comes out of nowhere. Uh, Heenan's in the ring. Morocco's holding uh, Hogan by the arms, and splash after splash. Some avalanches first. Yeah, Then they get him on on the, on the ring, and then they're they're doing the avalanche, and they're just they're doing a number on his his ribs. His ribs were worse than my poor man Drew Brees' ribs are right now. Uh, oh. They went to town on these ribs, and um, you know it was really sad because everyone was there to see the Hulk debut his video for Real American. Real American. This was there the night go. that was going to be debuted, uh, and sadly that was debuted under a cloud of Hulk at the hospital. Uh, mean Gene was with him there in Phoenix. And don't forget about the great esteemed, care. The esteemed Dr. Bob Ponovich. Bob Ponovich. Who, who luckily happened to be in Phoenix that night. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but, and they gave the Hulk great care. Um, uh, but of course, uh, another part of the show was that uh, the video did air. Uh, the first time we see real American. And what happened here is Hogan had transitioned out of using I, the tiger 
which a lot of people forget that he did this. I know you didn't forget it, Dave, uh, but some people do. He tr- transitioned out of that into um, Real American. and the- But there was a, also a small margin of time there that he used the rock and wrestling cartoon song. Actually, a match with Bundy in Boston in September, September, October, or both. He wrestled, worked with them both two in a row there. He used uh, that, that theme here and there. See, this is before- why – this is why I needed Dave for this podcast because he knows <laughs> shit like that. But the funny thing is, he went back to Eye of the Tiger at the Wrestling Classic, then went to Real American. Yep. So I guess they tried that. Uh, it ended up being a, a my goodness, well, Total Eclipse of the Heart singer. What what is her name? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Hmm. Whoever whoever sings that song, Bonnie something. We need Peter Winston yeah. here for this. That was by Bonnie Taylor. Uh, Bonnie Taylor. Okay. Well, she or worked Tyler. with um, Tyler. Tyler. She yeah. worked with. Cindy Lauper's uh, husband, Dave Wolf, Wolf, or Dave Dog, as Captain Lou calls him. And uh, that song got rehashed on her 1987 album with her singing over it, that Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling song. It's pretty wild, right? Huge hit. (laughs) You could YouTube this when we're YouTube it when we're done. Yeah. So that was what they set up that or not. Yeah, that's what they set up that night in Phoenix. And I thought they did it really well, to be honest. Um, Really convincing beating of Hogan. The one thing I always wondered, and I'll throw this out to you, Dave, and I think it was a little bit of a mistake by then, by them. Why did Mr. T not come to the aid of Hulk Hogan? The Bulldogs did. Yeah, but, yeah I believe it was a Pedro Morales as well. Yeah, maybe. Where, where's Mr. T? Because he's there that night. We know he's there. We know these guys are booked as really close friends. Hogan even went as far to go into Piper's pit and sign Find Mr. It. T's yeah. name up for this match. I pity you fools. But yet this happens, and and T doesn't come out. So I thought that was a little bit of a mistake. But you got to remember, Hulkster didn't come out for T either. He did not. Him. Yep, he did yeah. not come and out. That's just it's pro wrestling, brother. I mean, we we could probably bring up uh, two dozen times of uh, these type of scenarios. Well, these are the you kind of I mean? ca- these are the kind of kayfabe debates I want to have from time to time. Yeah. And in kayfabe terms, I'm not happy. That these two, yeah. these two guys uh, let each other out to dry. There's some, well, when we, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but there's something in the match that's going to take down a Hulkamania star that bothers me a little bit. That's, um, yeah, we'll get you know, to... that I don't think they should have done. So after Phoenix, uh, Hulk is mostly out of action. Obviously, they're nursing the, uh, the rib injury. Before we get to that, Dave, why don't you talk about the mix-up in terms of what they aired and how they aired it and out of order. Why don't you play in that right yeah, now? Yeah. I, I don't want this to be like the scene from the movie in Scanners where the guy's head explodes, but that's what uh, a lot of our happen, may happen to a lot of our listeners now when I'm trying to explain all this shit. Okay, so they taped this angle, which you just went over, I don't have to explain it, on February 15th. It was a Saturday night, even though it aired two weeks later on Saturday night, March 1st. That Monday night, February 17th, the MSG Network would air their live shows. Always, and we had it in New Jersey. We had it as far down as down in South Jersey. I'm sure they had it all over New York and Long Island. So this, I mean, it didn't air everywhere. I don't. Did you get in Buffalo, the MSG Network? Yes, we did. But back down, okay, they're yeah. that far away. You know what I mean? This, it's not like. But oh, that's New York State. Shit. You know, in the state. So. But it, I'm saying it aired in a lot of a lot of places. Hogan is out there with his ribs taped against Savage, a lumberjack match. Bundy and Morocco are the lumberjacks. They're. They have Hogan outside holding him against a post avalanche in him. 
Hogan's fighting back like it's not bothering him that much. Monsoon and Alfred are talking about Al the Hulkster. They did a number on him just two nights ago in Phoenix, and it's miraculous that he's uh, that he's here and all this stuff. It's just something that they would never touch on. Even later that year, they knew what to do with the steamboat throat injury. That happened on October 27th, 86, in Binghamton, New York. It didn't air till I believe, November 22nd, something like that. It was the last of the tapings. And Steamboat continued to wrestle. That time, they never made any kind of mention of it until after it aired. So I guess they kind of figured that out, maybe from both working with Bob Ponovich. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. it doesn't bother me. Again, like I said before, it's, it's, pro, it's pro wrestling, but it's, it's something WCW-ish, 1999 of, of uh, the WWF to pull in, in 1986. But, hey, it didn't hurt them at all, right? One thing that always has stuck out to me, and it's one of the first things I've seen, I know it is, when I think back, is this vignette that they run. And it's Hulk Hogan's in the gym, and Mean Gene is there, the doctor's there, Hillbilly Jim is there. And the doctor says, he's advised Hulk not to, uh, not to do this match. Uh, but Hulk is showing us that he is going to do it, and he's working hard to be there for it. He's the doing, doctor got his Hulkamania shirt on. Yep, he's Don't got his Hulk shirt on. He's got his Jerry Curl. Uh, Hulk's, rib, <laughs> Hulk's ribs are all taped up. You know, Hillbilly Jim's got his boots on that the Hulkster gave him. He's there for moral support. And Hulk's just working out. And he's Those not heavy really, chins, brother. The heavy chins, brother. He's not saying much. He's just, he's just you know, slanging and banging. He's just making the uh, weights clank and doing his thing. And I remember watching this as a kid and thinking like, Wow. Like look at that guy. You know, he's yeah, we, hurt and he's doing these exercises and this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it's one of the first things that really hooked me in on wrestling. And I thought it was a great way, you know, to build this match. And Bundy around this time is doing great promos. You know, even though he was had a mouthpiece, he could talk a little bit. And between Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention about Bundy, I'm sorry I cut you off there, is that he is what like the Stone Cold described years later as what a professional wrestler should be. Just a little more enhanced of your character. Not only Bundy is a scary looking monster, but he's a wise ass. And that comes out where a guy maybe like Earthquake is just a scary monster. Great wrestler. But Bundy's kind of like himself mixed in. Would you agree? Yeah, he's turned up, like you said. Like Hulk, or uh, Stone Cold always makes that comparison that he really took off and he became himself, but turned the volume up. You got New Jersey wise, yes. Yep, and uh, Bundy's great here. You know, pre WrestleMania, he's doing some great promos, talking about, "Look, I already broke your ribs. I already put you in the hospital once. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to take the belt." Uh, he didn't want to, but he said he didn't want to hurt him. He because he, he wants him to be there to defend the belt. So if he hulks hurt too much, he ain't getting that belt. He's going to have to win some kind of tournament or some other bullshit. He wants to take the belt off a of Hulk, and he made that point in the press conference. Anything else about the build to WrestleMania 2? Oh, uh, well, the, the more funny stuff about Mr. T. I guess they had them out in L.A. and Hulk's cutting a promo on, on Bundy. <laughs> Mr. T just like, yeah, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You tell him. Yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Who? You tell him. Every, but he wasn't like, you know he wasn't in, in on whatever the story was. And they come back to the TNT studio because I was watching all the TNTs on the network. And Bobby Heenan's like, what, the batteries fall out of him? Because <laughs> he, he was sitting there with Bundy. But, uh, yeah, you know, they, I think they both did great promos leading up. The press conference in L.A., I think the Hulkster was great. Hulk at this time, I, I, th- I think this is, yeah, 85, 84 through 87. 
is that, that that's my time for uh, for, for the Hulkster. He's he's phenomenal, phenomenal promos, fast in the ring for a guy his size. People don't realize that. Just just perfect. Just good stuff. Yeah, and around this time, you know, you said they went to LA. Uh, they were on the set of the A Team where they were recording one of. Uh, the, oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, where they were recording one of the A Team episodes, and you know when Hulk was on the A Team, his first episode, which is actually called Body Slam, got a lot of wrestlers a nice little payday. Um, Big John Studd is in that. Uh, obviously, Hulk is in that. Uh, Greg Valentine is in that. Uh, mean Gene Okerlund is in that. Um, the Bulldogs are in that. Steamboat is in that. Corporal Kirshner. And Rick McGraw is in that as well, uh, but yeah. the week didn't end as well as it started for Rick McGraw. Uh, no, by the time by the time that aired, I believe that that aired. You're you're the A team guy. Very early November '85, Rick McGraw passed away November first of '85, so he didn't get to see himself on uh, on the A team national TV. Very sad, and one of the first of our era of guys uh, to pass away that way. Yeah, so, and unfortunately, that's something that you know when I'm. Pretty, uh, it would continue. Yeah, but Body Slam aired November 12th, 85. Now, when they're on uh, the set here, uh, they're preparing for his second appearance, uh, which is called The Trouble with Harry, uh, which aired right around the time of WrestleMania, March 25th, 1986. I was wrong when I said January before. Uh, yeah, my apologies. March of 86. Now, I kind of like Body Slam better uh, of the two because it's more kind of fun. Hulk's in it more. It's kind of a better episode of the a-team uh the second one the trouble with harry they get a little artsy in it you know there's like this black and white scene and it's this kid and i don't know it's not as good but I have, yeah i haven't seen that one in years <laughs> but yeah that's the one that they're uh working on taping when they do those promos uh, that yeah uh-huh you're right promo yep exactly <laughs> anybody that that saw that recently will, will know where i'm getting at it is uh it's so, it's so it's so bad. It's good. It's like kind of that. If T actually knew said a couple things about Bundy, it wouldn't have been as memorable. So one other thing, and I, one other thing, and I think now is the time to mention it. And Bundy goes into this. There's a really great kayfabe commentary. It's called Supercard. Dave and I both watched it in preparation for this, and it covers phenomenal. Yeah, it covers WrestleMania too. It's a great shoot. Bundy's great in it, and they talk a little bit about how he got the match. Um. How you know? How did they decide on Bundy to be the guy? And it turns out there was another guy in mind, uh, and Bundy didn't think it was a good idea. You want to talk about who that was? That guy was uh, one of the all-time greats, WWE Hall of Famer, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, Bundy said, and, "Fuck um, Savage." He said, he "I'm said, a fuck Savage." I'm yeah. a much better match. So that was one Not of the guys they considered. He wasn't a fan of the Macho Man dating back when he worked for his father um, in IWC in uh, Illinois and um, Angelo and Macho Man had words with him, something about he's going to die young and he outlived the both. You don't want to get into all that, but um, am I saying that right? IWC, the, with the Puffos, uh, or is it ICW? The Puffo. Um, it was a rogue wrestling promotion in Memphis. Yeah. I don't remember the exact. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. that doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I guess from whatever heat there, Bundy remembered it. But I think Bundy was kind of right. Savage was new there. I th- what do you think? You think if they went with Savage, obviously Hogan would have went over went over on him there. You think they still would have done Savage getting the title in '88? You think Vince would have still done all that if Hogan already beat him at the big show in 1986? You know, it was ICW. Just to clarify that, but ICW, okay. Uh, I think it totally changes the landscape of wrestling forever. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, because if they're going to do this with Savage, you, you figure they're going to take the IC belt off of him. So maybe that, or he may not even have got it. You know, or maybe he never gets it. Yeah. You know, so right away we're already changing a huge portion of the next 400 days of the company, right? Uh, and possibly not getting Steamboat Savage at WrestleMania 3, you know, like... And, it's a big thing. And maybe you don't get the Mega Powers. So two That's the, what, that, that was what I was referring to, right? not getting that. Yeah, and I was getting to that. But I just think, thank God they didn't do it, right? Because <laughs> yeah. the way they did do it worked out better. I think Bundy's... And right. Macho Man, was, yeah, Bundy was a scary-looking heel at the time. It was, it was thrown together rather fast. Savage was... was Bundy was new to the company too. Savage was a little newer, but um, I don't know. I, I just think the whole thing. Savage actually used to get a lot of cheers because of Elizabeth at the time, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think everything just turned out the right way. And what they we could do a whole podcast about what if they went the other way and make yeah. up our own shit. You know what I mean? So who knows? But I, I think Macho Man would be happy in uh, hindsight that uh, didn't do that for him there that what- night. But. I'm sorry. And one other thing about Bundy, because it's a little bit of a success story. He was in the company in the early 80s as a jobber. His brother. Uh, That's something. His yeah. brother, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. Six foot five, apparently, not, not, and not a fat guy. I wonder what ever became of him. I couldn't find. Steve, did you find anything? No, I couldn't him? find anything on his brother, but they were both wrestlers. Uh, Bundy worked with hair, eyebrows. You know, they got. <laughs> We've beat. seen him in Texas with hair. Yeah, he got beat by seat. everybody. Then he leaves the company. You know, works in Texas, Memphis, all over the territories. He's a main event guy, builds himself up, and then comes back to the WWF. And George Steele, actually, in the 86 timeline, Kayfabe Commentaries talks about it. He says, you know, I didn't recognize him. You know, George says, like, he didn't even look like the guy that was here. I remembered his brother. I didn't remember him. And he came back, you know, with the shaved eyebrows and bald head, and he looked scary. If they were going to do Hogan Savage, they would have had to build it longer. It was Morocco that had to tell him who it was, I believe. Right? Yeah, it was Morocco That's... who told him who he was. The The reason this worked and the reason it worked so quickly is because the size and look of Bundy created an immediate fear and doubt and threat to the championship. Um, so I'm glad Bundy got the match. I'm Especially glad with, a, cart- with a, a cartoon on in first run at the same year. You know, little, so, so many little kids. You know, you're going to be scared shit of this guy. You know what I mean? We're macho man. You got the pretty girlfriend and all this other stuff. Might not, for the time, might not be the right way to go. You need to, you need to be scared shit. And those eyebrows, like you just mentioned, mean such a hell of a difference. When he came back in uh, 94, you think he had eyebrows? It's not that, just a little thing sometimes. Little, little things that look. Those eyebrows being gone is a big deal, to, in my opinion. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Uh, and we come back, WrestleMania 2. We're going to talk about the event, the celebrities, the card, and then, of course, the match. I think we're in a spot time-wise. We're going to do it all in one episode here. Uh, one great pilot, the 24-inch podcast, Steve Bennett, Dave Rollins, we're rolling, Buffalo, New Jersey Connection. It's going great. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Just like one of our celebrities has said, see you on the other side. WrestleMania 2. Has come to. And now, Vince McMahon. Welcome back to the very first 
24-inch podcast. Steve Bennett, Dave Rollins here. Buffalo, New Jersey. We're talking Hulk Hogan. We're talking WrestleMania 2, the main event. It is Hulk versus King Kong Money. Before we get to that, Dave, and we got a bunch of different things to talk about about WrestleMania 2, I'm wondering what's been going on in the house shows, say, from around the time that they're done in Phoenix to around the time that they're going to do Mania 2. What's been going on in the house shows? Okay, uh, around that time, uh, the Hulkster has been working a lot of tags at that time. A lot of Smarks might get a little upset that he's not defending his belt there, so we might have to keep that from them. Although he's got injured but, uh, ribs. He's got injured ribs, so you know, you got to count on the JYD and Hillbilly to, to help him out there. So we don't, we don't, want, we don't want to upset Meltzer and his fans here on the 24-inch podcast. We don't want to upset anybody. But, um, okay, let's take a look here. Uh, we, we already talked about Madison Square Garden, New York City. It was a Monday night, February 17th. Hulk Hogan over the Macho Man Randy Savage in the Lumberjack match with the big leg after George Steele tripped up uh, the Macho Man. Uh, funny and sad note, the very next day was the day the Challenger went down. And there's been a lot of talk about that from uh, the Netflix special uh, as of late. February 18th, they did a ta- taping at Poughkeepsie. I just wanted, this really has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but there's a question mark with a Bam Bam Bigelow tryout. Interesting. Okay, and on February 22nd, at the Met Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Hulkster teamed up with one of your favorites, Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, over the strange combination of King Kong Bundy and his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. On to uh, Denver, Colorado at McNicholas Arena. The Hulks are over King Kong Bundy. Remember this? Remember the angle didn't air yet until March 1st. That's right. March 1st, we failed to mention that the Slammy Awards, the first Slammy Awards, took place in Baltimore at the Baltimore Arena the same night. Imagine, I, like I said, I didn't really get into wrestling to the Orndorff feud. Imagine watching that Slammys on MTV. Then, you know, I guess it was on around 9 o'clock. Then turned over to NBC for Saturday night's main event. What a night of wrestling there. Yeah, what a night but, for a wrestling fan. Yeah. True, yeah. I love the second Slammy Awards, so I was watching in real time. Oh, then. yeah. That's, that's the fucking best. Same. But the first one, eh. But uh, Hulk was not there, actually, nope. because he was in Houston, Texas, going over the Macho Man in front of 5,800 people only, for some reason, at the summit. And uh, as we continue on... Uh, give me one second here, my friend. And a strange, uh, interesting opponent from March 7th, a match with the Iron Sheik in front of 12,600 fans at the Silver Dome. In, oops, I mean the Superdome in New Orleans. The Superdome, brother, not the Silver Dome. Beautiful. Interesting venue. match up there. Yeah, one of the all-time greats. Uh, March 8th, we're with the JYD against the Funks. This is going to start an ongoing thing for a while. March 9th, JYD with the Funks. Uh, right here in my backyard in the Meadowlands, walking distance from my house. 17,700 in the Meadowlands. See the Hulkster go over Big John Stud. Probably one of the last one-on-one meetings between the two of them. Uh, okay, and then uh, March 29th on television, uh, he went over. the Hulkster went over Moondog Spot, getting ready for WrestleMania 2. Yep. Uh, A March rare 16th, television appearance. Rare. Was that his March sweep? Some that I'm not up on. It's November. Uh, no, May. November and February. November and February. Okay, but we had to get the Hulk on TV there with uh, the great Moon Dog Spot, who I believe I share a birthday with. And uh, on to that, he died in the ring, obviously. So hopefully, I don't die doing a podcast. Uh, on to next thing is um, March 16th, Madison Square Garden. No Hulkster, but headlining is King Kong Bundy over a dear friend of Hulk Hogan, Hillbilly Jim, in front of 20,000 fans to sell out. Uh, underneath is Santana Savage, but they still managed to sell out. 
And um, sorry, I remember I'm doing podcasts notes here. You're doing fine. Just um, keep reading them. You're fine. Stop sorry. Keep reading them all, brother. Yep. Okay. All right. What else you got? All right, man. Okay, then uh, we're going to go on to post-WrestleMania at this time. No, 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 no. Hold it, hold it up. We're only going to WrestleMania. We're only going to WrestleMania. Oh, we're only going to WrestleMania. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that's where we're at house show-wise. And you know what I like about that? A lot of what they've mentioned, those are going to be shows. You know, Hogan working with Funk, we're going to definitely do. You know, uh, Hogan doing tag. We're going to get a lot of that stuff in. Uh, on the regular shows here as we go forward. So I like I like Dave reading that because it kind of gives us a window into where we may or may not be going. Uh, so the keep, World Wrestling Federation on tour. That's right. So keep that in mind. All right. WrestleMania 2, April 7th, 1986. It's a Monday. Uh, the only WrestleMania to be a Monday. And you had recently heard a theory. I think it was your father. What was his theory yeah, as well, to why, why did he think it might have been on Monday? Well, like we've seen Bundy mention, Ali Frazier was on a Monday night in Madison Square Garden, and that was in 1971. In 1970, something similar happened. If I'm off with the dates, you correct me. Monday Night Football started in 1970. And Sundays, a lot of men would stay home with their wife and children and watch the games and not go out to bars. Sunday was, you know, a holy day, this and that. But then so Monday night would come along. They'd go out in their ties and their business suits and get drunk and the cops would probably not make too big a deal about it driving around and this and that. And, uh, so Monday night was a big night out for, uh, for men there. And the WWF did their house shows at the garden, always on Mondays. And to this day, I mean, when the WWF is doing well, you know, we got sellouts for Monday night raw. We had sellouts for nitro in the, you know, in the nineties. So, you know, I mean, I guess they were just flirting around with a couple of different ideas. I don't know why they started with a Sunday for WrestleMania 1, then changed it. And keep in mind, SummerSlam was a Monday night, yeah. albeit in the yep. summer. It was in the summertime, late summer. But, um, yeah, that's that's about it. That's the only possible reason that I could come up with uh, with the whole Monday night scenario, Steve. Yeah, so it's the only WrestleMania not on Sunday, with the exception of 36. Uh, which is a 2020 thing, obviously. That was a <laughs> yeah. I was like I told you uh, in a personal phone call. We WrestleMania two. We would have always swore would have been the most unique WrestleMania. Yep, but, it may end up being the third right now because who yeah. knows what's going to happen this year. True. Uh, now here's what was so unique about it. It was three separate venues: the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York; uh, the Rosemont Horizon, the legendary building there in Rosemont, Illinois; Chicago, essentially; and uh, the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. Now, everyone's always said that Starcade was once in two um, different venues and that kind of a dick. 85. Yeah, yeah. a dick measuring contest. You know, Vince wanted to one-up them. I don't know if that's true. I, it, it, I, be, I believe it to be true, but I just don't see why. Yeah. I don't see it. Be, being, you know, us from being from this part of the country, it, it, we, I thought those NWA Remco or AWA figures were knockoffs. It just, I don't know, man. I just don't think the level was there to even care. Silly. Uh, they, uh, yeah. They, they draw 40,000, uh, 85 fans. Uh, LA. This is where? Oh, all together. Yeah, all together. LA and New York are fine. For some reason, no one went to the Chicago one. Uh, Maybe because they just did the wrestling classic there in November. Yeah. That was about 15,000. That could be a reason. Remember, they were at these places monthly. Yep. Then. But for whatever reason, it didn't draw. Maybe the um, Maybe the price, too. Because uh, from what I, everything I've heard, WrestleMania. I always wondered a lot expensive. of people that really I didn't well, that I didn't know. Yeah, 
I've a lot of people maybe expensive. didn't pay attention and like maybe went to Nassau Coliseum thinking they're going to see Hulk Hogan and all of a sudden here he is on the screen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you got to really pay attention. Yeah. To to know he's not going to be there live. So that could be another reason. Obviously, with three different venues, you got three different sets of announcers. Uh, Vince McMahon is in New York with Susan St. James, who was a popular sitcom star and was also married to Dick Ebersol. So kind of know how she got that gig. And possibly could be Miss Elizabeth's older sister that smokes 10 packs a day. Not a bad looking woman, but that voice. Yeah, the voice is not a great. Uh, yeah. Gorilla Monsoon and Gene Okerlund are the best pair of the night, in my opinion, uh, in Chicago. And, of course, Kathy Lee Crosby's there. Gene is kind of in and out of the booth. Uh, also in the ring, but basically that's covered by Gene, uh, Gorilla, and Crosby. With Gene, with Gorilla being the main play-by-play, Kathleen Crosby being the main color. Yeah, and then, Ernie Ladd. This is something I always wanted to ask you for your opinion, and I've always wondered this. How do you look at California? Was Jesse on play-by-play and Alfred on color or vice versa or both? In your opinion, who was the play-by-play man and who was the color man between Jesse and Alfred? Hundred percent, Jesse. Jesse, hundred percent. What? Hundred percent. Play by play. He introduced the show. He he was yep. the guy. Welcome to Los Angeles, California. You know, this this and that. And I think he would be the one saying, you know, hope for a big. I think they maybe started switching off a little bit here and there, but it's Jesse. I agree. He's with Alfred Hayes, who we'll say is on color, and then Elvira, who has a beautiful set of knockers and um, still does. Yeah, she, she was, uh, you know. A scary movie. She had a show. She would introduce these scary movies and stuff. She was a celebrity in the eighties. Westy, why couldn't we name our podcast after that? What would we? What would it be? Elvira has <laughs> nice kidding, knockers. I'm just kidding around. <laughs> I mean, we, if you can come up with a good name, we consider it. I love. Yeah, I love beautiful. <laughs> I love beautiful breasts. So there you go. Yeah. Who doesn't? Uh, the ring announcers. It was Howard Finkel in New York, Chet Kopic in Chicago, and Lee Marshall uh, in L.A. Uh, he was great in L.A., I thought. He, he was very good. All right, let's – you want to do celebrities right now? Yeah, let's do celebrities right now. WrestleMania 2 is loaded with them, uh, almost comedically. It's unbelievable. Uh, I'll give you the celebrity, what he did. You give me your first reaction of who he was, what he did. Oh, just, just This is going to be scary. Take your best guess. If I got it, I'll give you a yes or a no, I'll tell you. Oh, what am I going to well, – I'm sorry. I'm telling you what he did. I could do that. No, I'm going to give you – the celebrity, yeah. What he did at the event, you tell me why he was famous. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, go ahead. All right, we'll see how. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. This is gonna okay. be good. So Ray Charles sang "America the Beautiful," an easy one to get you easy. started. Yeah. Easy one. One of the all-time great rhythm and blues singers. One of the greatest, just greatest musical musicians in the world of all time. And and I think everyone talks about Aretha Franklin's uh, rendition at WrestleMania three. I like Ray Charles. WrestleMania 2 even better. Goes on a little long. Uh, yeah. Well. C- celebrity guests in attendance for New York include Cab Calloway. Heidi, Heidi, ho. Just like King Kong Bundy said, besides that, I don't know much about him. He's a <laughs> blues singer, I guess. Daryl Dawkins. Yeah. I'm giving that uh, one to Well, you. yeah. <laughs> I did a book report on him in the sixth grade. He was played for Eddie in the New Jersey for New Jersey Nets. First guy to break the uh, backboard. Yeah, Cab Calloway, by the Chocolate way. Chocolate is- Thunder. Cab Kelly is from Rochester, New York, just down the road from me. Yep. Okay. All right, G. Gordon Liddy. G. Gordon Liddy, part of uh, President Nixon's um, group there. Yeah, that's all I got. Really random. Joan Rivers, yeah. the beautiful comedian. Well, Joan, yeah. That's easy. Yeah, I mean. 
Uh, Joe Frazier. Uh, he did a top, before you, yeah. Before while we're on Joe Frazier, I'm, I'm sorry. While we're on Joan Rivers, how about comedian and funny man Bob Orton? How do you feel about him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, she needs a little thicker bifocals, I think, uh, Steve. Yeah, there is a cowboy Bob Orton. I think she saw it's a comedian Bob Orton. Yep, love the ace. Uh, Joe <laughs> Joe Frazier, uh, boxing Smoking. champion. Yep. Smoking Joe, he just voted in the election after being passed away several years now. From Philadelphia and is in Mr. T's corner. One of the all-time greats. Yep, Lou Duva. Lou Duva, great boxing trainer. Yep, uh, he was in Piper's corner. Herb. Herb is uh, a Burger King uh, contestant. <laughs> whatever. I think they, they were going off the popularity of Pee Wee Herman, maybe. Yeah, he, and, he, um, basically he was on Burger King commercials. If you if you went in there and you found him on a map, like where's Waldo or some bullshit, you need Peter Winston for this one. Yeah, he'll tell you the whole thing. I'm sure. More about him later, or about uh, not him. More about Herb. More no, more about uh, burger commercials. Uh, oh, burger commercials. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Susan St. James. We already mentioned her. Susan St. James, and also I think um, she may have if, imagine her at a dinner party for at George Foreman's family's house. All the Georges, she would say, because all his kids are named George. Do you remember? Jesus Christ! Do you remember her her popular television show? Can you name? Oh, it? Kate Nally, Kate Nally, brother. Yep, there you go. Kate Nally ran from yeah. eighty four to eighty nine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Also, we're gonna move on to Chicago now. That was just one city of three. Uh, the almost celebrities. I don't know if I have anything left. Yeah, in go Chicago, ahead. back to burgers. The funniest oh. and most hilarious uh, cameo of the night. Clara Peller. Tell us about Clara. Who is she? Who is Clara she? Peller, where's the beef? I mean, um, she was, God a, bless her. I just posted this on my broad. Facebook. Yeah, an day. old broad. She was 84 at the time. She passed away in 87 and 86. Something like that. I could, you know, it could be wrong. But right in the mid-80s. And Mean Gene announces her. And she, you see her go to, to probably Mel Phillips or somebody. Now? Should I get up now? And she waves the microphone into, instead of saying where's the beef into the microphone, she waves it to the crowd, which I can't complain about being a Motley Crue fan because Vince Neil does do a lot of that, <laughs> and I, def- I, def- I defend that. So, hey, Clara Peller, Vince Neil, I love you both. Uh, Dick Buckus. Um, Dick Buckus. Football great, legend. Uh, yeah. Chicago Bears legend. Uh, who doesn't know the big man? Uh, Ed Tutal Jones. Ed Tutal Jones, Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And was – no, I'm wrong about that. He wasn't on different strokes, was he? I do not believe, but he was supposed to be in the match, uh, in the battle royal, and he didn't get he couldn't get cleared based on his contract. Uh, so, back to different strokes. I know Kareem Abdul Jabbar did the teacher, but like, do you just mean other... as do you just mean as like tall a guy. like in a cameo, or do you mean yeah like... cameo? I thought that another oh, tall that, guy did. Yeah, that like could have been that could have been true. Like him. I could be wrong. Yeah, that that could be true. Never I, mind. Edit that part. Again, out. now you got Peter Winston yelling at us. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring it up if you don't know the answer. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, who's that? Who, you got to explain yeah. that one to me. Rock and roll legend. He's in the corner of the British. British I just said. British Bulldogs forever. You're supposed to go out on the road with them. I bought a ticket for the Meadowlands, and Ozzy wasn't there. I wanted my money back. Now, I'm but, just going to uh, name a bunch of football. You know what? I'm going to save those guys uh, for when we talk about the Battle Royal. Uh, and then Kathy Lee Crosby was uh, in color. We mentioned her. Uh, I'm not too familiar with her, to be honest. I mean, I know her from WrestleMania, too, but th- that's the one so far that I know the least. All right, so Kathy Lee Crosby, you know, a beautiful gal, much nicer voice. 
she's yeah, seven, well, yeah. she's seventy five years old now. She was born in Los born in Los Angeles, California. She was a national spokesman for Dodge Automobiles on the Lawrence Welk show. Um, she was a tennis player at, in her youth. She was really good at tennis. Uh, she graduated with a degree from the University of Southern California, where she was pre med. Um, she became a professional tennis player. She played at Wimbledon um, between 67 and 70. Eat your heart out, Kathy Lee Crosby. Yep. Rick Martell should have said. And then she was an actress. Uh, in 1974, she starred as the title character in the film Wonder Woman. Uh, she was that a, had to be like a different version. Right? Television film, yeah, so a television oh, film. Oh, television, I'm sorry, okay. Yep. Um, she was a TV series, That's Incredible. She was the co-host. Uh, and that was right around this time. Went from eighty to eighty four. Um, she starred in Lifetime movies. You know, she did all kinds of this and that kind of okay. kind of stuff. Uh, she all had right, well. she had a hot and heavy relationship with Joe Theismann. How about that? Yeah, so she got busy but with him. But did she get she get his trophy or not? That's well, she was she helped uh, she that. helped glue his leg back together after uh, LT <laughs> snapped it in two. There you go. Uh, we move on to Los Angeles. Uh, WrestleMania two. There we got Ricky Schroeder, Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons. We got Robert Conrad, not to be confused with Conrad yeah, yeah. Thompson, of course. Yeah, yeah. Conrad, Robert Conrad, I could body slam before going to the gym. Conrad Thompson's gonna take. It's gonna take a little more, maybe getting on a gas a little bit. Conrad, we love you over here still. Yeah. But Robert Conrad, an actor. I yeah. don't know. Hulk seemed excited to have him back in the ring afterwards, but I don't know too much about him. Yeah, he was just you know. Again, this is a guy. He died in 2020 in February, just recently at age 84. Oh, well, uh, God bless him. But yeah, just an actor, you know. I think he. I think I, I kind of looked him up. Um, Hawaiian Eye, the Wild was Wild he in Jingle West. All the, Jingle All the Way. He played a cop or something. Yeah. So he did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, who else? The great Tommy Lasorda. That's, that's without mentioning. Yeah. Dodgers. And we talked about Alvira. So I think that is most of the celebrities. It's an obnoxious list. Now, who would you say, I guess, Ozzy? I mean, you're a big sports guy. I'm not. But who would you say is the biggest? The biggest of all of them? Is it, is it still Ozzy? Um, is it Ozzy? Yeah. yeah. I guess there's no there's no wrong answer. Yeah. I mean, Joan Rivers is yeah, a pretty Joan, big yeah. star for a long time. Yeah. And they're, they're neck and neck, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Ozzy is – I mean, Ozzy's mm. got to be the answer. Mm. You know, but if you don't like Rocky – Tommy Ro- Lasorda is yeah. Tommy Lasorda is huge in baseball. And antacid. In antacid and stuttering John interviews. Okay. <laughs> uh, Daryl Dawkins was a pretty big basketball player. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Joe Frazier is a huge star too. That's yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, I still think it's a it's a, hit, it's a hit or miss list if yeah. we're being honest. And we failed to mention that um, the six million dollar man is named escaping me is a no show. Yeah. Lee, Ma- Lee Majors. Lee Majors. Majors. Okay. Does not show. On up. Andre the Giant uh, did the part in that show. All right, wonder of the world. So they get to New York. They start with that. You know, Vince McMahon, we mentioned, on commentary uh, in New York. He's with uh, the beautiful voice of (laughs) Dick Ebersol's wife. (laughs) And we we talked about this last night. The, The problem with the three events and the technology is so ripe that they really rush through New York. Yeah, I think they were. It's almost like me getting ready for my first podcast. What are we gonna do, Steve? We're gonna do it now. We're gonna yeah. do it. Now. You know what I mean? So it's like, a, let's get this fucking shit over with. And like George Steele said, when that he was sitting with Vince, when that fit, feed hit Chicago, pop. Yeah. You know, then then you know it's a little relaxed. 
the first match is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff uh, versus Magnificent Dot Morocco with Mr. Fuji and ends in a double count out. Terrible. Uh, yeah, Morocco cut a promo before the match saying Mr. Wonderful was an embarrassment in WrestleMania 1 and it'll be the April embarrassment. 86. It'll be the embarrassment of WrestleMania 2. Why didn't we see them? Well, that, that's part of the rush. You don't, I yeah. never see that. It was like Howard Finkel breaking and then tell you about the Nassau Coliseum two weeks from this Monday night. You know what I mean? They're like, like these the heck, weird, weird audio voiceovers. Yeah. Um, I mean, two, when I say terrible, those are two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I was just expecting, when you hear those names, yeah. you're expecting a fucking awesome match. It's the first of several times that someone will go from the main event of WrestleMania to the first match of WrestleMania. There you go. Uh, Paul Orndorff. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave that match a dud, if you're wondering. Oh, fuck him. Uh, the WWF Intercontinental title match, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage with Elizabeth defeated Georgie Animal Steel to retain the Intercontinental title. George kicks out of the elbow drop. Uh, was that after one? Was yeah, it after yeah one he kicks, blows out of that match. But uh, then um, Savage puts uh, the feet on the ropes and gets the one, two, three. Unfortunately, not the end of that feud. Um, as a six, well, as a six-year-old, I did love that feud. I so loved did George. I. I yeah, liked it too. Like yeah, I always I mean, wanted him to get Elizabeth. You know, I didn't. Yeah, and if it was nowadays, if it like Otis gets uh, what's her face, Mandy Rose, if it was he, he would have her in a month. She'd be his manager. Then it would go back to Macho Man. That's how they book now. But I mean, um, uh, that should have been Tito Santana in modern WrestleManias, that would have been the match. But Tito and Randy were basically on the house show road there. And that's, that's, that's how they did it. We all know that. Yep. Unless somebody just listens to our wrestling podcast and no other ones, it's the house show uh, matches that matter. They didn't want to give them away on the pay-per-views. Now, one thing, back at this time. one thing that George Steele did mention, I know I watched this shoot and you didn't, but he mentioned that they planned on doing a lot more savage uh, Santana stuff, but the, you know, no, I did watch that. I watched that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was you saying know. just that the Beauty and the Beast angle got over so well uh, that he kind of felt like he kind of took Tito's spot. That it was more about that than the house show thing. Uh, I yeah, guess they kind of think that's well, up for Tito debate. And, yeah, because Tito and Savage had a three-run uh, Mass Square Garden um, in the spring of '86. Fucking awesome matches. Ended up Bruno teaming up with Tito yep. in a cage against Adrian and Savage. So didn't affect New York. Sure. New York City. Uh, Jake yeah. the Snake Roberts defeats George Wells after a DDT. Two and a half. Oh, George. 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 Uh-oh. Yep. 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 Uh, Kathy Lee, not a fan. What do you think of that foam? The uh, You mean uh, Susan? Or Susan. Jake? I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the, the foam from the mouth? Is weird. That, weird to me. How, how do they do that, you think? is No clue, but I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, George Wells, nothing against him, but I mean. This couldn't be SD Jones or Lenny Poffo in the spot, like somebody a little more known. You know, George Wells was he was on, he was around there in the territory, but I think Leaping Lanny or SD would have. Uh, I guess we had SD last year at WrestleMania, so what are you gonna do? And then the main event for the New York fans uh, is Mr. T with Joe Frazier and uh, the Haiti Kid uh, defeat Roddy Roddy Piper with Cowboy Bob Orton. Uh, battling DQ. Bob Orton. That's battling yeah. Bob Orton. DQ. Um, Piper knocked Mr. T down to the mat during the second round of the contest. Uh, Piper took a shot at Mr. T moments after the second round ended. T fought back and knocked Piper down early in the third round. Uh, Mr. T knocked Piper down and out through the ropes and to the floor with about a minute left. Piper started round four off by throwing his stool across the ring to T. 
Uh, Piper and T exchanged punches back and forth. So Piper got desperate. Body slammed T. Mr. T declared the winner. It's a result of disqualification. Negative five stars uh, from the great Dave Meltzer. From Uncle Dave. Yeah. Uh, look, it wasn't great. I'm a huge, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Mr. T fan. I wanted it to be great. Uh, Piper said in the, in, the, in the promo that he would never do one, he would never do two things: paint himself black or shave his head into a mohawk. He's fifty percent of a liar. That's right. He did eventually paint have himself half black. Yeah. Uh, back in WrestleMania six. All right, we go to we go to the Rosemont Horizon. Uh, this is where, well, I'm going to say that there's a turning point when we get to it. The women's title match, it's a dud. Moolah defeats McIntyre to retain it. Nothing what the heck was that? What the, her, first of all, Velvet McIntyre, I'm friends with her on Facebook. If you thought she looked bad then, no, whatever. I don't want to be me. But, uh, yeah, she, what the hell? Her boobs almost popped out, then it didn't even look like Moolah was going for a cover. Um, and the refs counted three. Not something, uh, I, what, not something you know, I watch for very long when I'm, you know, watching this match back. Or this WrestleMania back. I skipped right over that. Yeah, maybe why we never saw the ladies again in quite a number of years on WrestleMania. Flag match, Corporal Kirscher defeated Nikolai Volkov with Freddie Blassie. Uh, Freddie Blassie tried to throw his cane in the ring. Kirschner caught it, used it on Nikolai for the win. Another dud for Meltzer. Now, this is where it changes, right? WrestleMania 2 doesn't have the best reputation. Uh, But right about here... I think is where it really turns into a great show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we said, if if they were in one arena, let's say they were in just in uh, L.A. and it was Gorilla and Jesse on commentary, the same matches, even the Moolah shit. I think it would have been so much. It would have been on par at WrestleMania five. Yeah, maybe they you pace know, pace, you know, pace themselves a little bit better. They don't rush. The as announcing, much. brother. That, that's why we love a lot of those events because of Gorilla and Jesse make yep. them so make them so much better. So I think I, that, hurt, that hurts us a lot for sure. Well, that gets us to the Battle Royal, and it's a mix between football players and wrestlers, of course. Uh, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in the order of elimination. Uh, and as we go through that, we'll, we'll talk about who the people are. Uh, I will say this. Big John Studd went into the match with a chip on his shoulder thinking, you know, NFL players shouldn't be in the ring. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, with with wrestlers, and that was kind of the build of this in general. The dud, the dud, yeah, like John Dud. Meltzer gave this four stars, by the way. Oh, this is awesome. Four really? stars, yeah. Four, four. Get that. I mean, I, all right, but I, I just don't. I, I love it. I I agree, but I just don't get his way of. I don't know. Like you would think, maybe he'd give it two, two and a half. Okay, well, his thinking. We'll just take. I it. can't get into his. How about head. that? Yeah. How about we'll just take it. All right, order of elimination. One and two, King Tonga and Jimbo Covert eliminate themselves. That's one football player down. Okay, and uh, one badass uh, Tonganese. Uh, tough motherfucker, right? Uh, num- uh, and granted, a great person. Yep, Ernie Holmes is eliminated Ernie number Holmes. three. Uh, jumping Jim Brunzel, half of the Killer Bees. And huge fan of Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Number five, Tony Atlas. The thing about my career say. is too much, too fast. As he oh, says. Tony, you gotta, gotta love him. Yep. And uh, he lo- he's another one that loves those feet. Number six and number seven, Harvey Martin and Pedro Morales eliminated each other. Uh, Pedro Morales, this is his only WrestleMania appearance, if I'm correct, right? It is, yeah. I mean, besides being an agent, I would imagine you know, that's it for the first ever three-time, you know, tag yeah. team ch- 
not three times, but he the held first them all. person to hold them, yep. hold them all. Yeah. Yep. Ted RCD's the eighth man out. Uh, Danny Spivey, the Golden Boy, is ninth. Uh, he forgot it. He forgot his uh, his hair Jordans that night. The boots he wears, hair hair Jordans, not hair. Hillbilly Jim and B. Brian Blair are dumped out by Sheiky Baby, ten and eleven. Uh, then number twelve, Big Fre- Bill Freilich is by John Stud dumped. Uh, Stud gets a football player out. Uh, Thirteen, Iron Sheik is out. Fourteen, Bruno is Sheiky out. Sheiky Baby, yeah, Sheiky Baby. I think Bruno could have been a favorite here. Yeah, he goes out 14th. Then the big angle. Fridge and Stud square off. Uh, Fridge runs at Stud, knocks him back. Uh, They square up again. Big John Stud has him set up. Uh, Fridge comes for another tackle. Stud sidesteps him, throws him over the ropes uh, to eliminate him. And Refrigerator says, oh, you did good. Tricks him into a handshake and pulls him out. Big John Stud's out 16th. I thought that was very well done, Steve. I really like that. Great. And if it was if it were years later, they would have just had Fridge embarrass the shit out of Stud. Back then, it was kind of like even playing field for the wrestler and his celebrity or you know sport. It still makes sense. A football a tough lineman, football player. But you know the way, years later, like Floyd Mayweather and the Big Show and this and that, the, the wrestler, you know, there was no chance. But it was kind of cool the way they did things back then. Yeah, and of course William Perry, for those who don't know, is a member of the '85 Bears. Uh, in Chicago, they won the Super Bowl. He's, it was a cult pop sensation at the time. A big Super get. Bowl shuffle. Yeah, big get for them. Uh, and he does this really well. Really good angle there. Number 17 out is Russ Francis, the last of the football players. Walked in his father's footsteps that evening. Yep. And then 18 and 19, Jim the Anvil Nightheart is 18. Bret Hart is thrown onto his lap, 19. It's the first of two times that Bret Hart will finish second in a WrestleMania Battle Royal. That is correct. And Andre the Giant is the winner of the Battle Royal. Uh, we at my and, uh, Steve, uh, dear, I got a shout out to a dear friend of mine, probably not probably my best friend, Anthony Pagano. He always said his kids that Andre the Giant stole Hulk Hogan's ring gear that night. But then I always say that, uh, well, look in L.A., Hulk's still wearing the yellow. If he came out in the white, he may have had something. Well, speaking but, of the ring gear, <laughs> in my house, we say that we know it's nice, Andre, when he's got the shorts on. And it's mean, Andre, when he's got the singlet on. Isn't that true? Yeah. Isn't that true? Except at WrestleMania six. One more um, match in Chicago. Another great one. Another four-star one from Meltzer. Uh, the British Bulldogs with Captain Lou and Ozzy defeat the Dream Team uh, for the titles. Uh, the finish is Davy Boy Smith flinging valentine into the corner knocking heads with dynamite and literally knocking him into next week uh he fell i'm sorry i wasn't listening i was having a nightmare yes it was a nightmare for the dream team uh as gorilla would say for years and years i think up up until brutus and greg feuded i think he would still spit that out yep and it's i don't know if that was it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite matches in wrestling it's an awesome match it's an awesome match it's awesome i love watching it and that's it we go to la uh, my favorite of all time, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, defeats Hercules Hernandez, as he's called then. It's a three-star match, according to Meltzer. Pretty fun match. Three-star match. Yeah. For Not that I, you I, know I, he loves all, Steamboat. Yeah, all right. But I mean, these are all the guys. I love Hercules, too, but I'm just surprised from Meltzer. And this is a strange use of Hercules, a new heel I'm not coming su- in, not I'm getting not DQ'd. Su- I'm not surprised Meltzer gave that one three. I'm yeah. surprised no, with the mean, Battle Royal. I'm not surprised with that one. No, but I'm saying Herc getting pinned clean. Oh, they had sure, two, yeah. A little di- bit of plans for him. Two different yeah. issues there. But um, yeah. 
yeah, Ricky gets the win. Uh, Adrian Adonis, kind of the last stinker of the night. It's so <laughs> short, though. He beats Uncle Elmer. Yeah, yeah poor Plowboy. I mean, he had to be pushed. He was about 50 by that time. Harmless match. Uh, yeah, and Adonis is just so great. Yeah. So, that's, that's another one that people that, you know, he died in 1988, terrible crash. If people don't know Adrian Adonis, if you're a wrestling fan, you like quote-unquote work rate. Look up Adrian Adonis. Hell of a, that's hell of a bumper. That's a, rest, that's a professional wrestler. Sure. All right. And then the last match before the main event, Terry Haas. Terry and Haas Funk, uh, a.k.a. Dory Funk Jr. with Jimmy Hart. Defeat Tito Santana in the Junkyard Dog. Jimmy Hart tosses his megaphone in the ring for Terry, who whacks the Junkyard Dog behind the referee's back. Gets the three count. Another really good tag match. Great match. Great uh, match. Three and a half from Meltzer. So some good matches in this card. Like I said. It's rushed a little bit from time to time, but then we get to the match. And before before you get there, is it yes. funny that how I said we could have done Tito if it wasn't the whole house show bullshit like we're saying? He could have done Tito Savage, and Steele was JYD's partner on on the Cindy's on TV. Easily put him there; it wouldn't have been as good as a match. But the the Nassau side would have been so much better with Tito Savage. Whatever. The match, but. the main event, <laughs> the reason right. for it all. Hulk Hogan defeats King Kong Bundy. With Bobby the Brain Heenan to retain the WWF heavyweight title. Let me read you a bit here. Hulk Hogan's ribs were heavily taped from an assault, as we talked about on Saturday Night's main event. Early in the match, King Kong Bundy removed the protective tape from around Hogan's midsection. Hogan fought back and rammed Bundy's head into the cage and bust him open. We got some color. Uh, Hogan later tried to slam Bundy but fell backwards. His ribs gave out on him. Bundy followed up with a heavy avalanche and then a Bundy splash. But Hogan hulks up and came back with an amazing scoop body slam and a leg drop in the middle of the ring. Hogan climbed the steel cage, but Bundy grabbed his tights only to have Hulk kick him back into the ring. Hogan climbed over the top of the cage and down to the floor for the win. Uh, Hogan stalks Heenan outside of the ring and ended up inside the cage with uh, the brain. Uh, Hogan roughs him up, flips him head over heels, an unbelievable bump into the cage. Uh, and much to the amazement of, like we said, Tommy Lasorda at ringside, Hulk is announced uh, still champion uh, to end WrestleMania um, 2. We're going to grade it in a minute. Meltzer gave it 1.25 uh, stars. Uh, what about this match? What did you think of the match? How did you think they do? Now, one other thing I want to mention is that Bundy asked Hulk if he wanted to get color, but Hogan said no because he was worried about kids and stuff like that outside the ring as he was going back. He didn't want to bleed on anyone. That's what Hogan said. I could no, argue. I have to agree with that. No? Yeah, I, the, I, the, I, the I see his point. wasn't what it became. I see there. his point. I see his point, but he probably should have at Mania uh, got color as well. He didn't. That's the decision. I see why There's he did it. There's one thing he does he that pisses me off more than, than that. Go I'll for get it. To it. Yeah, go for it. Tell me what All you right, thought well, of the match. match um, well, it, here's one one of a few, only a few we're going to do that I didn't watch in real time. Sure. So Same. when it comes to the ones that I watched in real time, my grades are probably going to be higher. Um, so you want me to grade it now before? Uh, uh, no, we'll do that at I, the end. We'll, we'll do that at the end. end. Yeah, just give All me right. a thought. You know, it was a good match. back If, if you're watching in real time and you really think there's a chance Bundy might win, but if you're not watching in real time and you ran into the Coliseum video in October 86, I mean, it's you got a totally different feel for it. It's a, it's a regular Hogan match, back and forth. Bundy does a great job. He's a great athlete. Um, I think Hogan's had better cage matches with the Ordorf, uh, maybe even Morocco. Uh, I like how they both went for the tape, and Elvira said that 
taking off his belt when it was the tape and choking him. I actually had a kite. If, you know, someone tells her to go fly a kite, a kite of Hulk Hogan choking King Kong Bundy with the tape. That's how much merchandise were around at, at, at this time. But, um, yeah, I think it's a real good match. But when it came time for uh, it's the second avalanche, I believe, and Hogan no-sold it, I think it just, just discredits the whole angle. I mean, I know the Superman come back, but, I mean, duck out of the way and let Bundy run into the cage or run into the turnbuckles. I, I just think a no-sell for the whole thing that got us here is just, is just, not, the, is just not the right way to go, in my opinion. Now, in and, kayfabe, uh, if I'm coming back in kayfabe, I would say that the emotion of the night, the adrenaline, uh, the energy from the Hulkamaniacs at the building, uh, he just found another gear there. That's good. Hey, able, no argument here. Yep, and was able to fight it off. I see what you're saying. That's what I would just say as a response. Uh, yeah, there's no argument here. But, I mean, if you're going to – I mean, they, we didn't get into the post stuff yet, but they went on a road a little bit and, you know, a lot, of, a lot more tag teams still take him stuff with stud and either hillbilly or jyd on hulk side but i mean to discredit it just brings the, the mark down the star down a, sure. a little bit that's all fair enough and um but oh it's great i you know the, i think elvira did a great job in it you know, it's like one of her movies with the blood she's the best of the three kind of, yeah oh well by far yeah by she's the best down. of the three yeah i mean it, 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 it's a good match because it, it gets you get you really excited but again until we start getting to the me in real time is when I can really dig deep into it. So I wasn't quite in real time yet, but I like it. I like I like the match. I think it did what everybody expected. I think it just met expe- expectations right on the on the dot. I remember I that I was watching the TV week to week at this point. Then obviously, and they said, Mean Gene said that it would be available to rent. You know, at, go to your local store and get the Coliseum Home Video this Tuesday. I asked my mom 97 times that day, can we go to the store yet? Can we go to the store? Can we go? I want to go run it. I want to go run it. And I went to the Wegmans, uh, Wegmans. On, on Dick Road in Chictawaga, uh, the suburb where I live here, and rented it. I was the very 24 first. 24-inch road or Dick Road? 24-inch <laughs> road. 24-inch 24 road. 24 okay. Dick Road. I was the first person to rent that tape. Uh, and... I was about three or four days late returning it because I was watching it so much. And it was the coolest, the Coliseum Home Video box uh, with the different color lights. It's so cool looking. uh, And I absolutely, absolutely love that. So, all right, I'll grade the match first. Listen, like Dave said, it's I didn't get to watch this live. And obviously, it's the last time I won't watch a Hogan WrestleMania match live. Same here. Every single match that Hulk has ever wrestled uh, from 87 to present at WrestleMania, I've seen live. Uh, one, and every, I've seen every WrestleMania, probably you too, every WrestleMania live since then. Since uh, three. No, I missed a couple. You missed one? There. Yeah, I, I, missed I, think I, know, I think I know one of your stories. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I remember that. Yeah. I should have been at 18, uh, the, the, what was 18, the one in Toronto? I think it's 18. Yeah, I mm-hmm. should have been there for Rock, uh, but I was chasing some. Some yeah. uh, some tail that weekend. I couldn't make it. Uh, but um, you didn't know it was going to go that way. Nobody did. I think so. if I knew it was going to be that legendary, yeah, it you know that was probably in the end better than the pussy. But absolutely, absolutely. I didn't know at the it time. No, I mean you got you got to send me pictures. I was a, <laughs> I was a very young man. Um, yeah. 
you know, I think I was 21 years old. So just 20, mind, yeah, we were 21, 22. Yeah, my mind was just unfortunately not in the Sky Dome in mm-hmm. the same way that it was, you know, in 1990. It's in a different kind of dome. Right. The size of it, I don't know. But but to get focused here, um, yeah, I didn't see this one live. But like I said, I rented it as soon as I could. Literally the first one to rent the tape. And there's something about it. I think WrestleMania 2 in general, everyone doesn't like it, so I rally around it in a way. You know, this is my era. Like, when people ask me, what's your favorite era of wrestling? I say, you know, my favorite era is WrestleMania 1 to 7. You know, and maybe even 8. Maybe I'll stretch it to 8. But that's my sweet spot. And when people get down on 2 or 4... You know, or maybe do a lesser degree one. Something about that makes me want to rally around the show because I feel like it's sure. it's from my era. You know, it's one of my well, shows. I, I always like Motley Crue era better when they're down and out, when they're not popular, or when you know, this right? And like that. You that, and that's I, a normal you way. and I well, both love Generation, Generation Swine. Swine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So maybe it's like that a little bit, and maybe because of that, maybe I'm overgrading this half a star. But again, it's relative to Hulk matches, and I'm gonna go. Uh, Three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. Um, I, I was between uh, three and three and a half. I'll settle in. I'll give it a little bit of bump to three and a half because of what I said. Other people want to knock it down, and that makes me want to love it more. So I give it a little bump. I'll go three and a half. Oh, okay. So uh, my turn now. Yep. Okay. Uh, since um, you know, since like I said, I, I wasn't in real time. You know, I rented the shit out of it. I, I love King Kong Bundy out of the big guys. Besides, on, I mean, I might be saying this now without thinking about it, but I think he might be my favorite, like, big fat, and what do you want to call it? heavy? I like the one-man gang, too. Yep. He's one of my favorite big guys, big wrestlers, is King Kong Bundy. But I'm going to go two and three-quarter stars just above okay. Uh, average. Okay. Because I, I, I think he should have moved out of the way of that avalanche. I don't think there was too much special to it. I think it, it did its job. It's above average. It's still above average. I'm just gonna go. If we weren't doing quarters, I'd give it three. But since we're doing we're doing quarters, I'm gonna go two and three quarter stars uh, for this Hulkster WrestleMania main event. I would have guessed you were gonna go three. Um, so I was pretty close. You know, uh, two close. point uh, two point seven five is is right there. You're probably you're probably a little bit closer to the reality. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably. Well, it means like there's a friend of mine that that talks. Nothing else about he like he knows wrestling. He talks about the Phoenix Saturday Night's main event and WrestleMania two concerts. I guess at the time, you know, it means something to him. He has a connection to it. I'm gonna. So, I mean, so to him, it'd be five stars, you know, I, and it wouldn't be wrong. I'm gonna say this a lot. Uh, David Shoemaker, who's also the masked man, he wrote these unbelievable um, tributes to wrestlers on Deadspin. That's kind of how he got his start. And then he worked for Grantland, wrote about wrestling there, and he wrote a really great wrestling book called oh, – I can't remember the name of his book. It's on my bookshelf, signed somewhere, but it's a great book, wrestling book about – it's basically about dead wrestlers. But um, The Masked Man, okay. Yeah, The Masked Man, David Shoemaker's his name. He works for Ringer now. He was on the Sportscasters once, and he said one of the smartest things uh, that I could ever say about wrestling. He said, wrestling exists – in people's past. Uh, and okay. I think that's so true on every level. And it's what you just said, that wrestling exists for your friend. This is where it is in, in his mind. 
It exists in this era, you know. And for me, where's wrestling for me? It's in that 85 to 92 era range, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just think that, of course, that plays a part in it. But just for me, uh, wrestling, you know, the bright light, Elvira, Bundy being the great MAGA heel, the good build. It's my first big dive, but uh, believe me, you know, I rushed to get that tape when I could, uh, you know, and maybe as a kid vowed I'll never miss another one. Uh, and there was no way in hell I was missing three, that's for sure, and then so on. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so I'm happy uh, with this. What we're going to do now, let's talk about Let's get back to the podcast for a second. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break, our last break. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, we're going to lay out some more information for you. It's going to be a quick segment. Uh, we'll give you a sneak peek into what's next, where we're going to go for here, uh, and then we'll uh, we're gonna we'll, we'll take ourselves home from there. But uh, anything else you want to mention before we sign off on WrestleMania too? Uh, loving it, having a great time, and I can't not going to get into what video tape it was. But what me and my uncle Tito, big big man of my life. We were waiting for a videotape to come in to a video store, and we were playing catch outside the video store. When you were, when you were talking, I didn't want to cut you off. I wanted to say that, too. Like actually actually playing catch, waiting for a tape to come in. Beautiful story. So, see you on the other side. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. We are back. One more quick segment here, the 24-inch podcast. I appreciate you guys sticking around this long. Steve Bennett, Dave Rollins. Uh, here we're talking Hulk Hogan, the 24-inch podcast. I want to go through just real quick for shits and giggles. I'm going to give out a couple of the other names we considered. Uh, and and Dave, as I give them out uh, one by one, I want you to say how close or not close this was in your mind to being the name. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Hulkamania rules. Not close. History of Hulkamania. Not close. Uh, okay, this is one that I know was close, and we, we kind of were working with it, but it comes crashing down, crashing down, and then I think in the end what we got, what we said we'd probably do is when it comes crashing down, a Hulk Hogan podcast. Very close, and my other best friend, his name is Danny Stewart Soup, told me to stray away from that and go with 24-inch podcast in case we ever become really big and famous and we want to talk about other shit besides the immortal one. 24-inch podcast could go in a lot of different ways. Thank you, Soup. The Hogan Chronicles. Mm, not close. The Encyclopedia of Hulkamania. I don't remember us talking about that, but I kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of like it. Close. Okay, that was a good one. All right, yeah. um, here's what we're going to do. So this is it for the pilot. Um, we're recording this Thanksgiving week, uh, 2020. The next couple of days, I'm going to cut it together. Uh, Dave's going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to it. We got a couple friends in the podcast world. Peter Winson, we mentioned. Uh, Justin Rosero and Great Scott man. Criscola from the Place to Be Nation. We're going to let some people listen to this. We're going to take some notes. Uh, we're going to try to take constructive criticism. 
Uh, this maybe is a even, pilot. Maybe even I'll play for the gobbledygooker on Thursday. What do you think? Yeah, we're gonna decide where we're gonna run it. Um, you know, you're probably listening to this on the Sportscasters feed. It may live here forever. Uh, it may live somewhere else. It may live in multiple spots, but you know that needs to be decided. This is a pilot. I know, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be a series. I think Dave feels that way too. Oh, um, you bet! You bet your ass. Yeah. So, you know, even at this point, I think we both kind of feel like it's a successful pilot. Uh, but we're going to use the next month or so. Uh, maybe not even that long. Uh, but we're going to take the next week or two. Maybe it's probably more realistic because I want to do another one quicker than I thought I would. Um, but we're going to take the next couple weeks. Uh, we're going to listen to some feedback. Uh, we're going to try to get better. We're going to figure out uh, where we're going to put this. Uh, and then we'll be back for, you know, I guess we'll probably call it season one, episode two. We'll have season one, episode one be the pilot. And we'll be back with season it's one. It's like how they call this the Sopranos pilot, pilot, but it's still, still the first one. Still episode one, right. Still episode um, one. Yep. So what? No fucking ZD. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Right. There you go. Uh, and then what are we going to talk about? Season one, episode two, Dave. Let him know what the uh, topic we decided is. Well, I thought this is the most recent legend. Unless I'm forgetting someone, my apologies. Fast, but the most recent legend that passed away that meant something to me is the Ugandan headhunter, the giant Kamala. And uh, around Christmas in 1986, like I said, I got into wrestling in August of 86. I was the biggest maniac of all time, and Christmas is the biggest time ever. December 26, 86, Hogan and Kamala, MSG, MSG Network. They had the rematch in January, no disqualification. It started snowing while the match was happening, and we got off school the next day. So I think we're going to have a lot, a lot of shit to bite into on the great, late, Ugandan giant, Kamala, and Hulk Hogan. And if you were around in the beginning, and I assume if you made it this far, you were, we kind of talked about the different kind of episodes and how this would be more of a supersized one with it being a WrestleMania main event. Uh, this would be more – the next one's going to be more of a regular uh, a regular podcast. Uh, it would yes, be more the, of a regular routine. Yeah, a house show one, a smaller yeah. feud. Uh, I kind of, as a kid, very much remember being petrified uh, that Kamala was going to oh kill, my God. kill Hulk I don't want. I, I don't want to give away spoilers, but there's – there's a lot to get into here yep. with this one with me. That, that's yeah. why you asked me this. That's why I picked this this one. So we'll leave it at that. Now, listen, Dave, I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. Happy uh, Thanksgiving. By especially the... happy Thanksgiving to Tammy, but yep. especially to Mrs. Wonderful Paula Mania. Tell her she better eat her turkey up and get to get that protein going to get those pythons ready so you can kick Hollywood butt one of these days. Uh, but between now and then... I want you to say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and make sure the you're right back. Vitamins. Yep, and make sure you're back for another Hulk Hogan podcast, 24-inch podcast to be exact. Brother. <laughs> <laughs>